The next generation. The next generation of powerful Naruto's. And you, the lead Naruto, must do a lot of murders. Actually, the next generation of Naruto's are named Boruto's. Welcome, Mega Faithful Congregation, to this, the sixth reading from the Book of Mega Drive. Today's episode is Shadow Dancer, the Secret of Shinobi. The radical Mega Drivers with me today are... Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to welcome you, the listener, to a rich and compelling Naruto world. It's, it's Shrug. Hi, Bob. I'm having a wonderful Sega week. We're going to talk about this tonight. Last weekend was all Fantasy Star Online 2, and then I played more Fantasy Star Online. Then Mega Mix came out this morning in Japan, so I've been suffering that. So, and then Sonic comes out this Friday, and I'm gonna go see that alone on Valentine's Day. It's gonna be a great Sega week. I'm Daphne, and I think ninjas are cool. Hi, it's me, Ramona. Shadow Dancer was my favorite Tina Turner album. <laughs> 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 Shadow Dancer Shadow for Month <laughs> I can't I can't top that so hi it's me Kania I also like ninjas they're pretty cool Oh oh wait I have a poem by the white ninja uh, Roses are red Violets are blue uh, You are a bread I am love you I'm Kania And I'm Automatic Tigress And this is the fucking best game we've played on the podcast and I'm so excited to talk about it Together, we will explore four increasingly challenging zones. The Blast Zone, the Fantasy Zone, the Labyrinth Zone, and the Death Egg Zone. First up, we charge up our dog Blast into the Blast Zone! Dog Blast definitely sounds like something I don't want to be around. Yeah, but the dog Blast is half of why this game's good. Anyway! <laughs> Here in the Blast Zone, we discuss the exciting avenues of gameplay and excitement uh, given to us by the bounty of Sega's Blast processing that allows us to do what Nintendo don't. And what Nintendo don't is have a button that you charge up to release to have a dog that attacks what appears to be some kind of cyborg cops. Okay, so you... (laughs) See, you, you've changed this from before. When it was originally voted in or picked as a choice, you were like, this button, this game has a button to dog. This game does not have a button to dog. I would... It doesn't have a switch to dog. It doesn't have, like, a person you call to dog. You press a button on your controller and it controls the dog. There's not a separate dog button. If this was the Super Nintendo, there, were, there are three more buttons to dog. I, I don't think we need to go dogging with a single button. I think we can do that with multiple button combos. It's okay. No, no, I need, no need to, I need to dog on this game's controls. hey I need to be able to manage the dog and my attacking simultaneously like I am some sort of big brain, split brain idiot. I think you're ignoring the way that the hold to charge dog button uh, ludically mirrors the 
actual uh, do- heavily documented historical uh, <laughs> shinobi mechanism, perhaps technique is a more appropriate word for uh, telling your dog to go forth and uh, get a get a chunk out, bite a chunk out, and hold somebody, which is by uh, clenching the buttocks within your ninja pants for a certain period of time and then releasing them. I I ended up, like, for the first two levels, actually getting my dog to turn into a puppy, A, because it was cute, and B, because I was sick of the barking. God, that barking. But it's like, when it's a puppy, it doesn't bark, and it's fucking cute. If you were just tapping a button and sending your attack dog forward over and over like some kind of dog yo-yo, it wouldn't be true to the ninja lifestyle. The ninja lifestyle that requires the, the enormous and muscular hams you develop to do all your ninja jumping and for falling through on slashes with your ninja sword um, are also used to squeeze all that business tight like a big plump walnut and <laughs> then so anyway, abruptly relax. <laughs> fixated on a very notable aspect of the game, but I would like to con I would like to contextualize uh the dog for a minute. So to answer the secret of Shinobi is uh sort of remake sort of sequel to the arcade game Shadow Dancer, which is the second game in the Shinobi series. Games that are sort of like Rolling Thunder, but sort of not about a ninja. What that means is it's a side-scrolling action game. It's a little bit like a brawler, a little bit like a run and gun. You're a ninja. You've got ninjas and various other bad guys, including what appear to be some kind of cyber cops coming at you. And you can attack them and you kind of navigate the world on two planes like an upper plane and a lower plane sometimes there's more planes than just two but you can basically switch between levels and you only really have to worry about stuff on the level that you're on like uh you know like stuff that's not higher or lower than you although stuff can change levels but it usually doesn't your basic moves are you can jump you have a screen clearing attack you can use once a level and you can charge your attack to activate your dog friend. <laughs> dog button. Activate dog. Release dog. Release said hounds. The puppy transformation button. Yeah, there's three buttons. There's puppy transform, there's dog release, and there's buttocks clench. Those are the three buttons. <laughs> also, when your dog gets hit, like when, when you use your dog button and he fucks up and he like gets hit, he just like covers his face with his paw in shame the animation is so beautiful i actually thought the dog release mechanic was uh, like slightly annoying because like you can't you can't be in the air when you release the button or it doesn't work and sometimes even on the ground it doesn't work and i just i don't know it was annoying i mean it was it was cool when it worked like in the in the circumstances in which it works it's cool but the last like eighth of the game you can't use the dog at all really so that's you know it's like okay cool well i pretty only use my dog at the end that's interesting yeah i use my dog pretty evenly throughout well i guess i mean the none of the bosses and then the final most difficult room before the final boss is the one with all those ninjas and the ninjas are immune to the doggy This game 
game is interesting because it's to me it's it's very deterministic, right? Like it kind of seemed like a brawler when I first started playing it, and I tried to play it as a brawler, and that gets you killed fast because you die in one fucking hit in this game. Well, you die in one hit, but you can also get knocked around infinitely. Yeah, that's the other thing. There's a lot of attacks that don't kill you. There's there's a bunch of attacks that knock you into less opportune positions because this game is 100% about positioning. Sometimes it's uh, really useful. You can use it like yourself, like a Mario Goomba, to knock other dudes into pits. It's really helpful for people who shoot projectiles at you. I didn't even know that. Yeah, there's a couple of, like, I started using the fact that you can basically bounce on people's heads to, like, stun them. Uh, it's pretty good. I think we should, okay, so wait, I, I wasn't kind of, I kind of wasn't paying attention. Should We should talk about the the shuriken versus the way of the blade versus the way oh, of right. the shuriken <laughs> right right um so the default control option is shuriken which where your default attack is you throw a shuriken unless you're close enough to an enemy in which case you use a blade attack some enemies and a lot of enemies in certain states can only be impacted by a blade attack but not all of them and uh, the blade attack is a little bit more powerful, and again, it's very con- it's literally contextual. But there's also an option where you can turn off the shurikens, and it's more of a trade-off than you'd think. Like, you'd think it would just be a straight-up harder mode, but it isn't at all? Yeah, it's really weird. Like, I think the fact that when you throw a shuriken, you stop kind of makes a difference. And then there's a- an uncertainty and when your ninja is going to use the sword versus throw a shuriken. And so removing the shuriken entirely is like, okay, I know what's going to happen when I hit the button. I'm going to kick or I'm going to stab. Those are the two things I can do. So I, I don't know. I preferred it without the shurikens for sure. You also forgot the most important uh, attack, which is one of the screen clearing moves. Like you got, you know, your normal ones, which are like fire and like, tornado but then you also get one where the dog puts bees in his mouth and when he barks he shoots bees at the enemies is that actually a thing i see my references (laughs) sorry (laughs) i like i prefer with the shuriken because that and it's that way it's more of a, a a simulation of the original ninja master naruto Maybe I should have uh, talked about the other attack where he brings out the robotic Richard Simmons. I don't know what you're referencing, really but that's okay. I don't know what you're referencing. It's okay. The audience will. <laughs> <laughs> Our huge audience full of people who know everything. <laughs> I know for some reason our audience got really hype about this game, which makes sense because this game is hype as shit. I went from audience to to uh, guest because of this game. I love it so much. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, the thing that actually really surprised me about this game was uh, it, it started feeling very random when I first started playing it, like this very brutally unfair game. But what I thought was really cool about it the more I played was the more... How do I put this? A lot of games you can kind of play by just being hyper-aggressive at all times, and if you are just constantly on the offensive all of the time, you will die in this game. But sometimes being hyper-aggressive also gets you stuff. It also works some of the time. And just, it's got this just, ah! The flow of, of action to action to action in this game is so fucking perfect for me. 
also you realize like the really good moment when i realized how like deterministic like the enemy place and everything was when you get to an end of the level and it just puts a column of enemies as a fuck you yeah i mean it does have memorization honestly the buttons in my brain this pushed for me was less of like you know a conventional run and gun or uh less of a like beat em up which was my first inclination for what this was uh it actually reminded me a lot of like like stgs or shmups to use the other term right like a lot of this is memorization a lot of this is like learning patterns and adapting to stuff as it happens. But what I found really fun about it was that it gave you a lot of tools to deal with those patterns. And even in this conversation, I've learned new stuff you can do in this game. And even though it initially seemed like there was only a very small number of things you could do in it, the more I played and the more we've talked about it is just like the number of options you have for dealing with any situation is surprisingly expansive. What do you think of the uh, the dark level, the actual literal shadow dancer level? The dark levels were interesting because it's simultaneously infuriating and also like an interesting twist on the game as it's been established. Like when you play through it, the way to deal with it, like better than you'd expect, but you have to be completely comfortable with treating the game as the bullshit weirdness that it is, right? Like a lot of enemies can't won't necessarily be hurt by shurikens, but you can use the shurikens to find enemies that are blocking you because you'll see the shurikens go ping and dissipate when you hit them, right? And it also rewards you for going slowly. And also uh, some of the enemies, when they shoot at you, you can watch uh, the bullets from where they're from. And you need to be careful because they will often put fuck you double gun guys to to mess you up but usually this game will let you take stuff slow and wait and evaluate a situation and it'll usually let you figure out enough information from that it was a pain but it was also like an interesting use of the of of the like skill set that it's presented to you at that point in the game yeah i like the i like the parts where there was a lot of the gun guys and you absolutely had to wait for them to reload before you made a move i thought that was really fun yeah, it's really cool. And just every single enemy, like, especially as it goes on, most of the enemies, with the exception of maybe the ninjas, are not a super big threat on their own, but they are specifically dangerous in certain circumstances, right? Like, uh, instead of just, like, this thing is is dangerous all the time, most of them are dangerous if you're in a particular position or a particular posture at a particular moment, like whether you're ducking or on it. Like, there's a kind of enemy that is almost not a threat at all unless you're standing slightly above them. (laughs) Wait, what enemy is that? It's like the armored dudes, like the armored dudes who, like, roll on the ground. Oh, the roly-poly guys. Yeah, that was weird. I didn't get them at all. I got I got killed by them maybe like twice because they will stab you in the face if you're not paying attention. Oh yeah, like the yeah. thing about them, yeah, the thing they're in the sort of class of enemy that exists to just be a thing that keeps you on your toes for the real threats. They fool you that you're they're worthless, and then you're like, oh, and then they stab you in the face. I like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And one of the the things I noticed is that they have a very consistent, and I'm pretty sure well considered behavior on the part of the devs 
where they will like if you are slightly above them that's actually one of the places that they're the most dangerous because they will stab you in the legs which doesn't come up a lot in the easy like there's three difficulties of the game and in the easy loop of the game you know that wasn't too big of a deal except in the last room you encounter them in in the entire game but it becomes more of a thing on the like second level of difficulty Oh, just to add the column of enemies at the end of the level, uh, that was also a thing in Shinobi, the game's prequel. Also something that was in Rolling Thunder, which uh, those games are definitely inspired by. Just wanted to take this moment to let everybody know that Rolling Thunder is one of the greatest games ever yeah, made, Rolling, and you Rolling should play Thunder it if you have rolls. not. It, it was literally the first game Jack Black played on his YouTube channel. Yeah, just thought I'd throw that out there. I liked it. I thought he didn't play games on his, on his YouTube He played channel. Rolling Thunder. Wow, amazing. I'd never even heard of it. Well, at least you have good taste in one game. He also played a, an, Egypt, an ancient Egyptian board game. That rules. Jack Black rules. Welcome to the Jack Black cast. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Shinobi, I'm sorry I'm rambling about all of this. I just freshly caffeinated myself, and also I am so... I really loved this game. Like, I didn't expect to love this game as much as I ended up loving it. Uh, I have such an opposite opinion of this game. I thought I kind of thought it sucked. Like, not terrible, but it definitely says to me... It definitely read very like Sega Genesis game to me. Like I could see it was deterministic and I could kind of tell like, okay, it's like a puzzle game kind of thing. But I don't know, just like when there's like four ninjas all jumping at you, there's too much information on the screen for me to feel like, yes, it's deterministic, but what am I supposed to do with that information? I don't see a path through this. It it, it annoyed me. I died a lot. I spent 30 minutes on the last boss uh, just cheating using save states, like saving at every I mean, phase. Boss, it was the worst. The last boss fucking sucks. Yeah, fuck I'm the last boss. Play. I save stated the hell out of that. Also, I okay, like well, that's like, good to know. Also, I just like it's the final fuck that boss. Also, I just like how like I feel like how sloppy I can be because like when you have like such a huge like area you you can hit. So like if I if I'm being attacked by tons of ninjas, I just swing all the time and I kill them all. And it's so like it's so easy. I feel like I just be so sloppy with it, even though it's a platform. Right? That's what I think was very interesting is because it would sometimes I'd be like, oh yeah, this isn't too hard. Just you know slam the button and like be in a, a decent position it's fine other times i would just die over and over and over to the same enemies i'm like and then i would just be able to get through the next time and i'm like i don't understand what i'm doing differently like i don't get it there's something wrong here and i don't know what it is it's probably me like that's i feel like this is a good like clean game and i am the one that sucks but it is not my kind of game (laughs) the thing about it is that it definitely feels to me kind of how how do i put this it's like it's the same thing with, like, the Sonic games, for me. Which is that the games teach you what not to do, but it doesn't necessarily give you great feedback on what you should be doing instead. Interesting. That would definitely, like... Because I'm not good at coming up with new solutions, generally speaking. (laughs) Yeah, because the way this game sort of feels like to me is like, oh, well, that doesn't work. You should try a different thing, right? And also be okay with cheesing the shit out of it, because the game expects you to cheese the shit out of it. Like, um, cause the main thing, the purpose of the dog is that you get to charge it up and you can basically paralyze one enemy if it's an enemy that can be affected by the dog. And the dog will bark nonstop if there is an enemy it realizes it can hit. So it's like, let me hit it, let me hit it, dog, 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 until you press the button. 
But it, it, it also barks when it's an enemy you can't hit. So like in the last room where you're surrounded by ninjas, it's just barking all the time. That drove me up the wall. <laughs> I don't, the, yeah, I didn't get, because I did hit ninjas a couple times with my dog. Like my dog would just shoot through them and come back and they'd be stunned. But it there, it was like, I think he has to be running at you or at like the bottom of jump, but I didn't have enough time to like. Oh, I see. I also found because um, I played this both on. I'm sorry, I played it both on a computer and on a real Sega Genesis. I played it both. I'm going. I'm so sorry that I'm I'm revi- I'm opening the curtain. We don't actually go to Yuji Naka's Sega store. We do. That's a callback to an old joke. But uh, I, I played it on both, and I found playing it on. Or maybe I should just say, I played this both on a CRT and on an LCD screen. And I found the timing for a lot of that stuff a little easier on the CRT. Which, you know, obviously isn't really a piece of advice you can just apply to everyone. Because <laughs> I'm a freak and I, ha- and, and I have, like, you know, a, a television Sega setup. I played this game on my PS4 with, with bad input lag and uh, party cup borders <laughs> yes your party cup border is quite uh i liked it a lot it inspired some art from me that i put posted on my twitter <laughs> if anyone I, takes any screenshots i'll know it's mine i i don't want to be like i really want to emphasize i'm not trying to be like original console elitist but it did feel just a little bit easier to hit some of the timing on it this is more of a i can't wait for emulation and screen technology to get better Kind of oh thing yeah, like a, I ha- I have a Genesis and stuff, and I do re- I think hardware is like super cool. I just I'm like I'll play whatever and get my grubby little hands on. And I just love how silly the 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 it's a Sega collection on the PS4, and the interface is like your bedroom, and you have a Comic Zone poster, which drives me off the wall every time because mm, and like there's just stuff all over your room, and it's silly. That's awesome. Nobody likes Comic Zone Sega. Get with the fucking program already. <laughs> They put in every compilation since the week and oh, everything. Hello. I am Johnny Sega. Do you like comics on? No! <laughs> <laughs> well done, Turner. Your interior design is bullshit. This, this reminds me of how, like, like, I think this came up on a previous podcast, like how whenever, like, a Nintendo-centric retro podcast... There's more than one. You mean all of them? All of them. <laughs> Whenever I talk about Sega, for some reason, the ones they always talk about are Comic Zone and, uh, it's Comic Zone and, um... Vector Man. Vector Man. Yeah, Comic Zone and Vector Man. Uh, those are always the ones that come up. Because they're in all the, like, fucking Sega and Sonic compilations. Of, I'm posting from under a cat. Yelling <laughs> from far away. point out that you're everyone's saying all these uh nice things about how shadow dancers you know deterministic and all that stuff and you know comic zone is 
almost exactly like that too. I just wanted to say that. Except it sucks. I don't know. I played it. I first time I played. It's determined to try my patience. <laughs> first time I played Comic Zone was on the fucking GameCube in the Sonic Collection. So I think it was that. I think it's in that. Maybe not. I played it on an actual Genesis as a small child, along with Shadow Dancer. I like one game more than the other. Well done, Turner. Oh yeah. Fucking comic sound Jesus. Yeah, it fooled me because I bought it on me because it looked really pretty, just like everybody fucking else did. I mean, I definitely will check out Comic Zone because I'm always like I've checked it out before, and I'll try to do it again because that's how I do it because I keep testing old opinions. Yeah, it, it's it, it sells itself as a brawler, but guess what? It's actually a puzzle game. Interesting. Welcome to the Book of Mega Drive, where we shit on every game made by Sega of America, unless Kurt Harland worked on the soundtrack. <laughs> that was Funcom. We, I I will not tolerate anyone. I will not. I will not tolerate anyone in here disrespecting Sonic Spinball. But going back to this Shadow Dancer, just one more detail of my experience playing it was I played through it heavily save, save stated for um, the first playthrough. And then I was doing, you know, my CRT playthrough. Uh, and the thing, I didn't think to check the higher difficulty. And then I checked the higher difficulty. And I really, 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 really liked playing at the higher difficulty because the one thing I had after playing through the game was I was like, I feel like I've got this really cool tool set, but I feel like there were only a few moments in the game that really required me to learn that tool set really well. And the moment I put, put it on the higher difficulty, it just changed the enemy placement a little bit. It added a couple more enemies. It added a couple more hostages to save, right? You got to save hostages to finish every level. It's not that difficult to do. Like the hostages are not hard to find. This is not a, you know, strong search based game. It's not Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. Yeah, like, you're gonna find the hostages for the most part, and also, uh, well, sometimes enemies will respawn when you double back, uh, it is not that common, and most of the areas are still easier to go through the if you need to backtrack, and none of the levels are that huge. You could easily finish this game in 30 to 45 minutes. Easily. Yeah. Uh, the hostages are so easy to get because I was wondering, oh, do you have to get all the hostages to beat the level? And I was like, okay, I'm going to get to the exit without getting the hostages. And I keep forgetting and just getting them all because they're all just right there in front of you. Yeah, it's really <laughs> hard to not get all the hostages. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> the thing I thought was the funny, the, the, the weirdest mechanic in this game is, okay, you send your puppy at an enemy that hurts it. Now it turns into a, re- a literal puppy and it's very tiny. And so you pick up a man and now your puppy's strong again. <laughs> That's a weird one. Also, he eats it. <laughs> also, touching women gives you superpowers in this game. I don't know if y'all noticed that the only hostages that gave you superpowers were women, but that was definitely true. Yeah. Are there men and hostages? Yeah, there's men and women. I just saw like a sack in hair. I couldn't tell anything. <laughs> now here comes Sega getting all political about it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I shouldn't. But here I am. I'm here. To, I'm. I'm a an equal opportunity offender. No, I'm not. I'm not an equal opportunity offender. I'm sorry I said that. I'm bye. Oh, cool. I didn't know. We, I didn't know we had a uh, Seth MacFarlane on the podcast. I hate every zone equally. Comic zones. 
Anyway, I was going to say the arcade version, all of the hostages are time bombs. The bone zone. They're really time bombs? Yeah, they're time bombs. That rules. That's way better. I like that. Yeah, I might I might talk about the arcade version later because I played it on one of my streams a while back. That'd be fantastic for Labyrinth. Mushroom Hill Zones. <laughs> also terrible. It's hard. It's one of those games, much like uh, Bonanza Brothers, that's hard to talk about for a long time because there's not like a ton going on. It's just really the, what's going on is just really neat. I mean, I could, I could, I could just kvetch about this game for hours if you let me. I'm trying to be like nice because I really didn't I mean, enjoy my time with it. <laughs> well, I like the dissenting opinion though. That's what's interesting. I just don't like hard games. That's the thing. And I don't like memorizing things. And as soon as I lose focus, I start dying to things I've died to before. And I was, gl- I thought that the bonus stages sucked. <laughs> Which oh, we should talk about the bonus stages. We should talk about oh, the bonus stages. Oh. And I, I'm, I'm so fascinated by the difference in the bone in the difference in reaction. To Undertale the ripped off the bonus stages. What? Green witch bean because time zone. Because you either get you can either kill all of the enemies or none of the enemies, and you get a one up either way. So it's it's genocide or whatever the other thing. You, uh, <laughs> you get a three up if you if you kill, if you kill them all. <laughs> but yeah, you but get you a, get a one up if you don't do anything and, at all. Which is great because uh, you only like Galaga. <laughs> And you only get points if you kill, like, 20 of them. You can get a 2-up if you kill, like, 49 out of 50. It's really weird, but they're boring. If you want to ruin your wrist, you can just go on the left side and mash the button. You'll hit them all no matter what. Or you can just fly around peacefully forever and get a (laughs) 1-up. I do like that you get a 1-up if you don't do anything. I think that's very funny. (laughs) Yeah, find vegetation belt life zone. Shrug has gone into a fugue state and is now just repeating zones that suck. <laughs> but yeah, um, my experience with that was, yeah, I just go to the left and I, I whammy the, the throw shuriken button and I just got them all every time. Boring. Why even do it? I don't just give me a three up. I, mean, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That was, that was the, that, that was, was my biggest thing with that. Cause I was like, okay, yeah. What, what's the point of this? But I mean, I just liked having the extra three lives and watching, and the music for that was really good. Oh, yeah, I have a lot of positive things to say about, like, the music and the graphics and stuff. It's just, the, like, the everything else. It's just, I didn't I didn't really like it. Like, there, the first three stages I kind of got into because I'm like, this is, you know, I, I can kind of get in the zone and, like, I'm playing well. And, like, when I fail, I feel like, you know, there's a point to failing and I'm learning something. But the last two were just so brutally difficult. The boss on top of the Statue of Liberty sucked. Oh, terrible. The The weak point is super small, and there's a very narrow window of timing to hit it, and you have to jump to do it. So you have to jump and throw the shuriken at just the right time, at just the right time. Like, there's two windows of timing you have to line up. It's the worst. And, like, it's not hard to dodge the attacks. It's super easy to dodge the attacks. So you just kind of do this for the entire three-minute time limit and never hit her if you just suck like I do. So I was just like, ugh. I just... The last two stages really soured me on it, I think, more than anything. There was a there was a curve. At first, I didn't like the game at all. Then I turned off Shurikens. I talked to you, Tigris, and you were like, oh, it's kind of a puzzle game. I'm like, okay, I like this. And then I got to stage four and five, and I was like, fuck this game again. I hate it. <laughs> Let's say it's like you can 
actually position yourself in such a way that she actually just walks backwards off and it counts. What? Okay, this game rules again. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, no, so yeah, this, it's it's a, it's a speed it's actually a speedrun strat. They actually did this at ADGQ this uh this year. Because that is all awesome. of the enemy motion is based on your positioning and the game expects you to figure this out a lot of the time. And maybe that's just like, you know, that's me in Dark Souls 2. It's like that's a game that's a lot about positioning and I like I got about halfway through that game and I'm like I am I hate this. I hate the, my time spent with this game feels wasted. <laughs> so that's kind of, I don't know, maybe it's something about games where your positioning matters. Like that's too vague for me. It's not clear enough what's what the reactions are. And, and I don't get it. Maybe that's what that is. Well, the thing about Dark Souls 2's positioning is that the whole point of that game is where you position yourself to play a better game. Like any other Dark Souls, why not? Dredgehawk Cliff's Zone in Guild Wars 2. Yeah, I'm one of those Dark Souls normies that doesn't... With that very, I'm sure, not controversial to anyone Dark Souls thought, uh, I think we need to talk about the fantasy of this game and move on to the Fantasy Zone. Can we talk about how cute the dog is? Welcome to the Fantasy Zone! The Fantasy Zone is where we talk about the story, the graphic sound, and aesthetics of the game. Everything that creates the fantasy we inhabit while playing Sega video games. I fantasize about being a ninja every day. A ninja who wears white and surprises no one and definitely doesn't act at all like a ninja except in the Throwing Stars part. The Throwing Stars are I thought it was gray because it's concrete everywhere. It's New York City. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was white because he was an idiot. He <laughs> was not giving this ninja any credit. Well, I mean, I he think, murdered him. I think Rico Kodama knew what she was doing when she picked gray as the color. <laughs> alright, alright. I like, I like how the ninja looks. I think the ninja looks awesome in this game. <laughs> Think about this. What would you be more afraid of? A ninja who's, who's willing to like just be in plain vision, or one that's trying to hide? Uh, one that's trying to hide, because that one wants to murder me, whereas a ninja in plain sight probably has no ulterior motive. <laughs> that's why it's the perfect disguise. It's the perfect get-up. It is, actually, yeah. So I would study both and use whichever one is best in the situation, because I'm a fucking ninja! <laughs> it is gray, yeah. Compared to the white dog, it is gray. You're right. Great to match in with the smog of New York City. God, the ninja looks cool in this game. <laughs> I really like so how cool. when you start a level, how when your ninja jumps down, you lose a life because your your life is the ninja itself. Yeah, it's so cool. Like, I really like that 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 nice little touch of like, because actually, that's such a funny thing with older games is is it's not always clear whether you're going to die when you have zero lives or die when you have one life left. And uh, this one is very clear. It's like your life is the one that just left the screen and went into the level. It's so cool. <laughs> uh, I used to hate that when I was a kid because it's like, no, I don't want to lose my lives. But I lose one every time <laughs> I enter the level. It's it's very I, I don't know. Child me was very stupid. <laughs> well, I mean, the first time I saw it, I was like, wait a minute. I had five, now I have four. What the fuck? What the fuck? I said out loud to no one. 
Um, but I, I, I got used to it. No, yeah, the video game me does feel bad when I see the number go down. Number should never go down unless you failed. <laughs> That's video games. That's football. That's video games. <laughs> you'd real if you like numbers doing the opposite of going down. You'd really like playing any MMO. I love Disgaea. Oh God, that's just. <laughs> anyway, we're getting off track, and we have barely even started. So yeah, Disgaea. I know we're in New York, but you don't have to adopt a New York accent. Oh hey, Jesus! <laughs> I hated that, but I loved it. Thank you, Ramona. <laughs> so yeah, what is what's the story of this game, everyone? Because I didn't it watch has the story. Tells, tell me. <laughs> I I remember it enough to think it's awesome, but not enough to quote it from memory. The story is that you're the good ninja in New York, and there's a bunch of bad ninjas that want to kill you and your dog, and you have to kill them until you kill the leader, the bad samurai, then you save New York. Also, the bad samurai kidnapped all your students, the next generation, the next generation of powerful Naruto's, and you, the lead Naruto, must do a lot of murders. Actually, the next generation of Naruto's are named Boruto's. story from the game game's opening crawl is oh here we go i can read it if you want i'm on it go for no, it. I, I got it here oh, arrested go. after a failed bombing attempt a single <laughs> mother and ira member andrea riseborough falls into the hands of a british agent clive owen who offers her a choice spy on her ira comrades or spend a long prison term away from her young son Oh wait, what no. This is this is Shadow Dancer, the 2012 British Irish drama directed by James <laughs> by James Marsh and Tom Bradbury. Well, I missed the intro, so I have the intro up. I have the intro up. Okay. Clive Owen looks really weird in that Will Smith movie. At high... <laughs> Let me do this because the story is awesome. A.D. 1999, New York City. Having vanquished the evil crime empire, Neo-Zed, Shinobi was not heard from again. His combat ninja skills were not needed in a peaceful world. But a new threat arose in a reptilian form that, that lived on in the vicious instinct alone. The colossal monster moved slowly quietly and its attack was relentless. The souls unfortunate enough to live became hostages. Mass panic swept the streets. It remained only for Shinobi to take action, the ninja of the shadows. His weapons were stealth and quickness of attack. His only allies when facing overwhelming force. It says overwhelming as two different words, by the way. Yeah, overwhelming. Relying on ninja weapons and magic. Shinobi fought on, assisted by his faithful dog. This is the story of their defiance. That's the story. That's the story. The story of their defiance. It happened. Sad, sad as hell there aren't any baby Naruto's in this one. There should always be baby Naruto's. Naruto's. I think depending on certain ver- versions of the story, you are this universe's equivalent of Boruto, because I think in some versions of the manual, you are the son of the good guy of the previous Shinobi game. Joe Musashi. That is his name. I know my... Or hit me up in the labyrinth zone. I'll tell you more about it. <laughs> it's like the ninja equivalent of a double O uh, of double O seven. It's uh, just a title, just a rank they pass on from ninja to ninja. Sometimes a ninja just gets old and has to retire. Can't can't kill anymore. 
Hold on, let me check the protocol for ninjas retiring. Let me go to uh hold on. Uh real ultimate power dot Oh my god. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> ninja stuff only. Let's Sometimes talk about- just can't clip out and kill shit anymore. So anyway, um, that's the story of the game. And yeah, this game is a lovely and very Sega Genesis looking game. Lots of nice warm browns for some reason. It When I was talking to Stave Koff, uh, we decided it has big Maximum Carnage vibes, which I think is right. Actually, that's just what she said. I'm just stealing it. <laughs> I'm stealing Valor. <laughs> oh, Lord, Maximum Carnage. You want to talk about overrated Sega Genesis games? Yeah, I agree. I liked um like between the stages how it was like an interconnected map and it had the circle with like a little preview of what the stage was. I thought that was a really beautiful touch. Yeah, it looks kind of like a subway map. Yeah, oh, it that does. Is it. Yeah, that's what it is. I was trying to figure it out. I like that. That's yeah, you're right. It does. New What's... York. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I love that the ninja. I love the image of him going. Well, I just cleared out this flaming pile of wreckage. Fortunately, the New York subway system, famed for its reliability, is still operating during this crisis. <laughs> the The first level uh, has this really, really cool, like, city on fire effect where the background is, like, doing a wave back and forth. Like, it's all, you know, distorted by, by heat distortion. Like, when all, everything gets wavy because it's really hot and it looks really, really cool. I was just going to say, it essentially turns all of the buildings into giant rolling uh, whips. Like, it's incredibly overdramatic the point of stylization it's cool it almost makes up for the ninja being too tall <laughs> how tall should the ninja be i'm just what if realized, they're not realized... actually tall all the other ninjas just have horrible posture because everyone else is really slouched over i realized playing this game that i don't like controlling a uh sprite that is too tall compared to its width i have no idea why i haven't examined this i'm just putting it out there right now uh, you don't need to do anything about it, but this is an experience that I had. Thank you. I will say the sprites are big and chunky and take up a lot of the screen, and it also means that sometimes you can't see where you need to go properly, and I felt like they were too big. I wish everything was small, like Tiny Ninja Gaiden or whatever that game is on the NES. I wished it was oh, that. Yeah. See... I, I kind of like the big chunkiness because this game really does want you to go like slow most of the time. That's fair. Yeah, it did make me go slower. And there there were a couple of times where I thought it was annoying, but I can't remember them off the top of my head. Uh, so it must not have been that bad, you know? Can You, you can crouch walk in it or can you? Oh, yeah, you can yeah, crouch you can, walk. You can crouch and, walk. Yeah, it's, it looks so, like I was like, is that my head or is that Ninja Warriors once again? But that's just they just have the same th- like kind of walking and your dog sniffs the ground while you're crouch walking. It's great. Every Everything the dog that does is so has a cute. Walk. Shinobi, Ninja Warriors, Tenchu, Sekiro, Gears of War. Gears of War. <laughs> <laughs> they all got it. Yeah, but the only games that are good are the ones I like, so that's why it's like Ninja Warriors. <laughs> you ever try to do that crouch walk in real life? You look weird doing it. 
I used to do it all the time as a it kid. It's the cereal aisle guy. It's the cereal aisle commercial walk where you get the bagged cereal. You do the bagged cereal walk. Also, meal rules. They have year-round Count Chocula. Why am I going taking us down this road? <laughs> taking, us down the, taking us down the road to meet Fruit Brute. <laughs> God, I wish they had year-round Fruit Brute. Year-round Count Chocula is the name of my terrible noise band. And... <laughs> And we fucking hate cereal. <laughs> okay, okay, but but seriously, the aesthetics of this game are super delightfully off kilter in the best way. Like all the enemy designs, like the green Spider Men who kill on contact are really neat. I like the enemies that just fall from the ceiling into holes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was great. The ones that just exist to teach you, like you do not do anything without seeing what happens Look first. both ways before crossing the street! <laughs> Don't obey your natural ninja instincts. And just fall into this hole. It's just the forward thinking. What if, what, if, uh, what if the ninja falls down the hole? Then you'll be ready to take him out. In the very beginning of the game, when the earth just opens up, my dog just jumped into the hole. And I didn't have my dog for like five seconds until it fell back down from the sky next to me. That's the best dog. Best dog. Best dog in video games, second only to the Fable 2 dog. Well-trained ninja dog who knows to react to the the tightening of a ninja butt. <laughs> Not to be trusted <laughs> to test the deadliness of any mysterious hole. And that's the bottom line. All the enemies in the game kind of look like uh, people who could turn up in Mortal Kombat. Uh, a game also known for its myriad of ninjas. Ninjas are so cool. What about, what about, okay, wait, I got this idea. I was thinking about it. I was thinking about, like, <clears throat> what if you did ninjas, but they were, like, a different species? Like, maybe, like, geckos or, like, tadpoles? I don't know. There's something here, I think. Interspecies ninja fighting. Isn't there a frog ninja in Pokemon? Oh, yeah, there is. That's what I'm, yep, that's Who probably... is in Smash Brothers? Yeah, Greninja or whatever. <laughs> I was making a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles joke, but it didn't work. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah, those guys. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I love about ninjas is the reason ninjas are everywhere is, and this has been, I guess this is a little labyrinthy, but like, the the thing about it is apparently, I forget what Japanese developer it was, but one of them, when they were asked about, like, why are there all these games about ninjas? And the answer is, well, because we were selling these games to America, and for some reason, Americas just love ninjas. Yes, it's true! Ninjas! And, like, it's not, like, they're only like, why does Japan care about ninjas so much? And it turns out it's like, well, because we're exporting stuff to America, and Americans just fucking love ninjas. I was a kid, I subscribed to, like, American Ninja Magazine so I could look at fucking <laughs> weapons to order, and I'd practice moves in front of the mirror, and I'd just tie shit around, like, my legs and my elbows and my head, and I'd just kick fucking everything. I loved it. I was so stupid. It was <laughs> the 80s, and we were all on cocaine. <laughs> it's always been my dream to do all of my violence and murders which are by their nature violences, to do them without getting out of my long underwear first. And the ninja <laughs> uh, form uh, provides the perfect vessel for that. I think I was a ninja for Halloween one year. Can't remember which one, though. Maybe maybe the reason I don't like this is because I've never been that much into ninjas. I was That's never a ninja for Halloween because I was a ninja every other day of the year. 
<laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be a costume. That would just be you going outside. See, I think that might be part of why I like this game, because for some reason it really felt like it was selling the fantasy of being a ninja to me, because you couldn't just, like, run and kill everything instantly. You had to wait and watch from the shadows and and take your time and think about stuff, and then you'd, like, position yourself perfectly, and then you'd strike, and then you'd get ambushed by other ninjas, and the biggest threat in the game are, like, the other ninjas. For sure, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that's why I didn't like Sekiro either. Maybe I'm just not a ninja person. That's the problem. That's my problem. I was also Robin for Halloween one year, but not (laughs) Batman, which I guess kind of goes to show that I have never been the alpha dog in any relationship. (laughs) (laughs) The thing that, that I did another thing I found notable about the game was that all of the bosses are inhuman weird things except for Buzzsaw Lady who's still kind of weird. Yeah, the Buzzsaw Lady has got two giant buzzsaws that she uses to block your shurikens and then she throws one at you and and it turns like four times the size, well maybe like twice the size and then it spins on the ground and comes at you. It It's like one of those enemies from uh, Symphony of the Night but I can't remember what it's called. It's like one of the armors. The disc armor. Yeah, the disc armor. It's very much like the disc armor. I also know my Symphony of the Night lore hit me up in the Labyrinth Zone to find out more. (laughs) Is there something in particular in the armor at the end that you see? Well, sometimes the head, like, floats up and reveals that at the core of his armor... Yeah, it has a weak spot, which is a glowing orb, or like... It's a yellow and red flashing zone. It's just a weak spot. Yeah, there's a, there's a, the last boss is a giant samurai, set of samurai armor, roughly four times the mass of a human man that never leaves its throne. It occasionally exposes a weak spot by popping its whole head off. So I guess there could be a person in there, but part of the armor is stylized such that it has a face for a, uh, abdomen, so. You also get menaced by what appears to be some kind of animated wall. Oh, I love the wall. It looks like a big Muppet. It's, 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 so it's, yeah, it's a, it's a face that pops out of a brick wall and then like big arms come out of the brick wall too and then fall onto the ground and crush you. And then the face disappears and then it comes back. The bosses look awesome. All, like, oh, yeah, and the all. way the arms sneaky down when they fall one after another, it's really good. Maybe there's a Krang in there. Maybe it's supposed to be a, a original character. Do not steal. Definitely not uh, ripping off anyone's copyright. Krang at the end. It's not Krang. It's uh, Brang. Clank. I hate that thanks to the tabletop RPG, I know that Krang is actually kind of a distortion of the original comic where there's a bunch of aliens that are a lot like Krang, but they're actually good and allies of the Ninja Turtles. At least they were in the 80s. They might have turned their back on them later. This thing, I look like a weird brain, so I have to be evil on a cartoon. But anyway, that's a different set of ninjas. Although, one of the things I found most interesting is that one of the bosses was apparently uh, Ezekiel's wheel from the Old Testament. Oh yeah, that's in Actraiser 2. Uh, or not Actraiser 2, Actraiser as well. And it's in... I've seen it a few times. I don't think that it's... <laughs> a big flaming wheel from the bible it's got to be something else i don't know what (laughs) confident it's a big flaming wheel from the bible i'm 
two, Shadow Dancer and Act Razor. It was also in the Journey song, Wheel in the Sky. It was, <laughs> it was also in a fictional novel series called The Bible. <laughs> Take that, Christianity. And, uh, Holy shit. and my favorite role-playing game of all time, The Burning Wheel. Look it up. Yeah. There's a real one, and it is my favorite role-playing game of all time. And we got to hurry this podcast up so I can get back to my regular job of going to Barnes and Noble and putting copies of the Bible in the fiction department. I was, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was just a regular torture wheel. Yeah, or yeah. Juan Yudo, also known as Fire Wheel or Soul Taker, is a figure in Japanese mythology, a relatively well-known yokai in the folklore of Japan. It's Whoa. just it's a it's a burning ox cart wheel with the face of a man in it. And it uh, kills you or something. Oh, this... <laughs> oh, I have to tell you, the, one of the most famous legends comes from Kyoto, Japan. As Wan Yudo rolled through the town, a woman peeked out her window at him. Wan Yudo told her, instead of looking at me, have a look at your own child. She looked down at her baby to find him lying on the floor. <laughs> when she looked back outside of the demon, she saw her baby's legs in his mouth as he ate them. <laughs> Terrible. Jesus! Dang, that lady got told. Uh, it's a prank, bro. It's a prank. I'm glad to know it is not a biblical burning wheel. I am fascinated to know that many cultures tell stories of wheels that are on fire. Uh, the wheel in the sky keeps on turning. Uh, I don't know where I'll be tomorrow. Wheel in the sky <laughs> be yearning. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We can talk about that on the arcade games based on famous musical acts cast. Oh, hell fucking yeah, I want to talk about Journey. <laughs> oh, did we ever talk about how the enemies in this game are called the Union Lizard? Right. The Congratulations, Union Lizard. video games, you finally got your Union. And the Union destroyed New York. That should be a lesson to all of you. Love, Sega. <laughs> I have Dang. no idea Sonic what Sega... Capitalism rules. I hope, I hope an extremely powerful ninja cuts off Bernie's head. Before he gets too much of a head of steam behind him. Please, please, ninja buttocks, <laughs> save us. <laughs> save us. The one, the one who kills monster. in the 2020 election are actually uh, a Bernie bro, uh, quote, dunking on a ninja, and then he just dies. <laughs> okay, we're going to the fan. We, are, I think we've. Had enough of fantasy now. <laughs> and we're going to the Labyrinth Zone because it's getting late. Uh, Labyrinth Zone! Labyrinth Zone! We're going to the Labyrinth Zone. In the Labyrinth Zone, we try to find the hidden mysteries of the game. It's history, it's context, it's marketing, anything related to the game that is outside the scope of the game itself. Like ghosts. And toads. I don't have anything to contribute here, so I'm yeah, just saying I words. I didn't, <laughs> find, I didn't find a ton about this game. Uh, it's a sequel! It's kind of a remake! Yeah, it is vastly different from its arcade version. Also significantly better because the arcade version looks and sounds and plays like hot diarrhea. But the Genesis one, 
is incredible. Also, it is a sequel to uh, 1987's Shinobi by Sega, which was also a uh, dual-plane uh, arcade game uh, in the vein of Rolling Thunder. That game was really hard, and if you died on the last level, you couldn't continue. You just went straight back to the title screen, which is bullshit. Fuck you, Sega. I want to finish that game someday. <laughs> also, it led to a weird uh, issue where, uh, because there's Shinobi, then there's Shadow Dancer, then there's uh, Revenge of Shinobi. Uh, when the Super Shinobi came out in the US, it was called Shinobi 3, even though there have been more than three Shinobi games uh, prior to that. And Revenge of Shinobi is weird, because it really doesn't play like any of the other games at all. Nope, not at all. It's a drastic departure. Like, I would normally expect this to be kind of a Doki Doki Panic Super Mario Bros. 2 situation, but it's not. It it was, in fact, a game Sega commissioned as a Shinobi game. And was a shinobi game in all territories, to my knowledge. Did they get these released in Europe? I know Europe... For, I know the UK hates ninjas for some reason. It was released in the UK, but it's actually banned in Germany. For real? Uh, Revenge? Yeah. Fascinating. I'm currently looking up to see if there's any developer overlap between um, Revenge of Shinobi and uh, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. Just because <laughs> of the... Just the similarities between those two games, but also the hostage rescuing mechanic of the other Shinobis. I will say I, I like literally every game that's been brought up more than Moonwalker. I guess I haven't played the arcade Did ones. any of you do the 200,000 boss killing thing where you get 200,000 points? For killing the boss with a super move? Yeah. I mean, I just did that to beat the bosses because a lot of the times I was having trouble hitting stuff. So I was just like, fuck this shit and press the... So uh, so you don't have to wait till the last 10 seconds to get the 200,000 points. You just have to kill him with your super move. I honestly don't know. I did not try it. And it did not look like I got bonus points come to think of it when I did it without waiting for the timer to count down. I don't think I did either, but I wasn't paying that much attention to my score. I might go back and just try the first boss and see like what's up with that. I don't. Why would I want 200,000 points? Is that like three one-ups or something? No, not as far as I can tell. Uh, your score doesn't matter because the last level in the game doesn't have a timer. And it has infinitely respawning enemies. So, you know, if you wanted to, you just sit there all day. Okay, I can't find any correlation between developers. So, uh, until further notice, I'll just say that it's a uh, spiritual successor to Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. Even though both games came out in the same year. Revenge of Shinobi? Yeah, but also regular Shinobi. And Shadow Dancer, which also came out in 1990. Everything's coming out in 1990. Do you remember the 90s? No. A little bit. God, I'm old then. All too often. <laughs> I mean, I remember that I was 13 in the year 2000, so I remember the fair portion of the 90s. <laughs> Big into pogs. I have a book here that I bought in the 90s. I When I found it on my shelf, there was so much dust on the top that when I blew it off, it scared my cat. <laughs> <laughs> it had to. It uh, recoiled from this gigantic mass of uh, accumulated uh, mite product, and then it had to do a slow circle and investigate it on the carpet. It is a reflection 
of just how obnoxious I was as a teenager and the sort of obnoxious teenager I was. That, 20 years ago, probably over to, a little over 20 years ago, I would have bought this book. It's titled Japanese Death Poems Written by Zen Monks and Haiku Poets on the Verge of Death, compiled by somebody named Yoel Hoffman, who's apparently still alive and still teaching in Israel, uh, to which he moved uh, with his parents on fleeing the Nazis. He's 83. I thought that given the fast and loose lifestyle of the Naruto application, uh, it would be appropriate to find, to open the book and trust to uh, Providence that I would find an appropriate poem. And I think I did. <laughs> I think I did. There's nothing about who translated these. I assume it was Mr. Hoffman. This was uh, written by, this is in the Zen monks uh, section. Uh, it was written by uh, Casso Sodan. Died on the 27th day of the 6th month, 1428, at the age of 77. In translation, uh, it goes, quote, A drop of water freezes instantly. My seven years and seventy. All changes at a blow. Springs of water welling from the fire. I think we can all agree that when you're playing um, this ninja game, all changes at a blow. Uh, whenever you are blown, you fucking die. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. In an instant. And isn't Shadow it Death just, never stops sucking. Isn't it just wonderful that it's almost 600 years ago, uh, this single Zen monk on uh, his death uh, cushion? I don't know. I, I can't really imagine somebody writing uh with like a brush from bed i don't i don't i don't know i don't have the real uh who knows in any case uh isn't it wonderful that he can so perfectly describe uh the state changes in a sega genesis game from the early 90s uh with this in mind i'm almost done with this in mind i uh, composed my own poem about the wonderful dog <laughs> that uh, is at the center of, of the Shadow Dancer experience. And a quote, When the rump is pump, prepare to jump. White Hound Sword in full autumn moon. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> I didn't play as much of the game as everyone else, so I made up a bunch of bullshit. I mean, the clenching your butt cheeks thing is exactly how you feel when you're charging the dog. It's so perfect. Yeah, it's right. It's very true. <laughs> You've conveyed the, the experience of holding the button to dog. Sometimes you just have to clench. So the button is, it's a butt cheek button, not a dog button. Yes. So I think that's what we found in the labyrinth. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. There was one thing I wanted to talk about real quick. Uh, earlier... Earlier, you were all talking about the enemies that are, uh, they look like Spider-Man. Hey, the Shinobi series is kind of notorious for its very uh, loose respect for other uh, intellectual properties. And pretty much every game in the series has at least one enemy or boss that looks very similar to or exactly like Spider-Man. Or, in the case of Revenge of Shinobi, is an officially licensed appearance of Spider-Man. 
Yeah, but not at first, though. That it makes actually, it less cool. It's better when it had you're stealing to be, it. it. Well, it was stolen at first, but then because Sega also got the rights to make Spider-Man for the Genesis, they just said, fuck it, we'll just throw a copyright Marvel on the title screen for revision one. So now it'll be official and they can't sue us. It's incredible. Yeah, if you play the original, like, Revision Zero, Revenge of Shinobi, there there are no copyrights for any of the characters that are in there. Including Batman, who was removed from later versions. That's why if you play Revenge of Shinobi on the Wii Virtual Console, Spider-Man is now just a a very pink man. Be right back. I'm going to go make a platformer called uh, Plumber Jump, and it's on the... uh... On the title screen, I'll just have uh, Mario copyright 1980-whatever <laughs> to present Nintendo. Uh, doing a quick Google image search of uh, Shadow Dancer and Spider-Man, I found out there is an X-Men character actually named Shadow Dancer. He looks like shit. There are so <laughs> many fucking things named Shadow Dancer. Just sounds so cool. Yeah, I did a dance in the shadows today, and that's I'm now a Shadow Dancer. And then you got sued. Yeah, I got sued. All you got to do is is just do a shimmy in the dark, and now you can get sued just like me. That is the most Todd McFarlane ass looking motherfucker I've ever seen. Shadow Dancer. Dancer. Yeah, like it is from the exact era where like everything looks like Todd McFarlane or um. Oh, I love Family Foot, Guy. Footman, the guy who can't draw feet. Why can't I remember his name? Uh, Rob Liefeld. Rob Liefeld. Yeah. I was going to say something that started with Lee. No, that's not right. The feet guy, Bachelor's not on this episode. <laughs> anyway, we found what we're finding in the labyrinth, I think. let's, it, And we're going late, as usual. So I think we're good. I think we're going to move on to our final thoughts. Wait, did I say final thoughts? That's not what it's called. It's called The Death Egg Zone. In the death egg zone, uh, everybody gets to share their death egg, or their final thoughts about the game. You can say pretty much whatever you feel about the game, and you, after saying it, you rate it on a standardized and always the same scale of 1 to 7, very good boy is who will attack cyber cops for you. 1 to 7, 1 to 7 dog buddies. I played this game for an hour and a half, which is longer than I play many games, which I guess speaks to its quality. The quality yeah, being... I'm supposed to ask that, aren't I? <laughs> oh! Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot it. No, I played it for a while. I streamed it. I had a good time. Actually, I played it for like two hours, which is shocking. I beat it with the extensive use of save states. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It just felt too Genesis for me. That was just the only thing I could think while I was playing it, is like... This is why I run a Super Nintendo podcast. Because <laughs> I can't deal with how Genesis this is. I didn't say that. 
very coming from someone that does the Super Nintendo podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All the I want Candia is... cannot handle the blast processing. No, I just want Mode 7 back, okay? <laughs> so... Ah, uh, help, the Yamaha sound chip is making my ears bleed, ah. <laughs> exactly. No, the, the music was very good, okay? I'm not a Philistine, not a plebe, but it was too Genesis for me, so... <laughs> yeah, you fucking sure about that? <laughs> no, not really. Corner, <laughs> um, everyone. That's fine. Um... So I give this game, but it had a great dog. It had a great dog. It had great music. It had green slimy Spider-Man, which is definitely right up my alley. So I give this game 3.9. No, sorry, because it's good dog buddies. I have to say it's 4.63. 4.63 good dog buddies out of seven good dog buddies. That's my final review. God, it's like IGN up in here. 4.63 today. But if, if it was a different moon phase when I would have played it, it would be, probably be like a 4.82, something like that. It just depends oh, that's on the moon more phase. Like, that's more like GameStop, that, GameSpot. <laughs> I'll go. Uh, this game fucking rules. I know we've all been going off on various tangents because there's not much to say about the game, but that's not because it's bad. It's just, it's very short, uh, but it does rule and it's awesome. And it's very, uh, uh, very much a game that you need in your Sega mega drive library. Um, and I give the game a full on seven, a heckin good puffers out of seven. I, I think, I mean, ninjas are fucking cool. The game is easy. The game is short. But fuck every boss. The bosses are all pointless and shitty and stupid, just like every boss in every game I've ever. So it gets 6.66 dogs out of dog. There is a ninja in this game, and the ninja is too tall. But that isn't really the ninja's fault, is it? Um, I have a terrible impulse to rush heedless of all danger in every action game I ever make. Which means that Shadow Dancer and I don't make the best tense par- partners. I got it. One might say, one might say, I keep stepping on its feet. <laughs> I genuinely like how bad this is. Yeah. Uh, uh, all cast long, I've been trying to push down the impulse to, uh, like, the desperate need to start talking about the uh, ninja cliche and tropes and its uh, basis in Japanese theater conventions and a few scattered documents about... Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to go into any more detail, but... Um, I'm trapped in here with myself, and for the moment, everyone else is too. And uh, I give this. I remember that line for out of <laughs> seven uh, dogs at last let loose from their kennel. Hopefully, I don't step on them. Goodbye forever. Um, uh, game is good. Uh, it's very, so I know everyone keeps saying, uh, you know, that Shinobi is basically more or less, uh, Rolling Thunder, except you, 
Except with some key things changed, so Sega doesn't get sued into oblivion. Except that's not how wall works. And I was kind of like expecting, like, oh, you know, it's just going to be like Rolling Thunder. And it's like, you know, it's just gonna... initially I was very dismissive. I was like, if well, if you want Rolling Thunder, like the Genesis has Rolling Thunder two and three, you could go play those. Then I turned Shurikens off, and I was like, just like every other fucking Shinobi game, the game is better when you actually have control over whether you can sword or not. And sorting is good. I had a fun time. I like sat down and like I'm just gonna like fucking one CC all three loops, all three difficulties or whatever you want to call them. You know, and it was great. Looks good. Sounds good. It still, it has a lot of that, a lot of the arcade DNA in there. Since everyone, everyone's like, it's very memorization heavy. It's very deterministic. It's very much an arcade game. I like that. I think that's it's very obviously one of Sega's strengths, and they played very strongly to it in, in the Genesis era. Uh, and I'm glad they kind of like, even though Shadow Dancer on Genesis is not Shadow Dancer in arcade or even Shadow Dancer on Master System, it still keeps a lot of the the, the DNA of the game. Uh, you know, well, moving some stuff around, uh, ultimately making it uh, a smoother play, a better play. Five... Very loud, annoying dogs. I need to shut up, or I will not give them a treat out of seven. <laughs> the dog was very annoying. Bark, 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 bark. <laughs> I love that dog so much. Dog fucking rules. I I have a, a sort of exact counter to Kania's in that I completely agree with Kania that this is a very Sega game, and that's why I like it. This is everything that that's like cool about '90s Sega happening as a game it is really cool like it's cool in a way that nintendo isn't cool which is to say it's so cool it's kind of stupid but then it's so stupid that it's cool again you're a ninja you have a dog and you feel like a ninja when you're doing good at this game when you're doing good at this game it feels so fucking good oh i just absolutely adore how this game plays i absolutely adore how this game feels like just There are moments where you're in these tough situations where you have to make these split second motions and it just feels so good. The, the start and the stopping of the fights. And then you get ambushed by a bunch of green ninjas and you have to fight these guys who throw these frisbees. I don't know what those are, but they're tough and it's so cool. And I just love games that like tell you, yeah, experiment a bit, you know, feel it out and, and learn this game. And I love games like that. And Shadow Dancer is so good. And the more you learn it, the more rewarding it is to play. It is so perfect. It is what I look for in video games, to be, to be honest. It is like everything I love. And that's why this is getting a perfect seven puppers. Perfect seven. Absolutely amazing fucking game. Every I love this game. The bosses are a little annoying, but they're not annoying enough to make me not like this game because it is so good. And the moments just ah, like I I'm gonna play this more. I'm gonna play it more. I'm gonna play this game off and on for years. I can tell it's one of my favorite Sega games now. I love it so much. It is so good. Ah, I love Shadow Dancer, Secret of Shinobi. Ninjas are cool. It's really Ninja. good. It's really good. Kicking you out a select button. <laughs> <laughs> Where we only hate things. Ninjas are so cool! 
I'm so glad this is my first episode because I, mean, I really, really love this game too. And it's yeah, no. just, it, right, it's like so cool to hear you be incredibly excited about it and you haven't played it. And then also like Vasilkania, who like you usually like I, I agree with everything you're saying and then Shadow Dancer doesn't click with you. And I think that's really cool too. Sorry, sorry. It's just really cool. Thank you. Also, Ramona, you're really fun. So it's a good also, cast. Also, you're really thoughtful. Also, Shrug wrote a poem. Wow. Interesting news. So, um, in an order of episodes, it's a little undetermined. I, I'm I'm now doing some like random filler episodes that are more asynchronous and might appear or might not appear at various times in the future. But for the main line episodes, the non-apocrypha episodes, as I'm calling them, Book of Mega Drive Apocrypha isn't that clever? I like, I I like that. Yeah, that's clever. <laughs> for the non-apocryphal episodes, uh, we're we're still doing the the line thing and we're still doing the the voting still doing the voting thing the next episode of of the main line of the podcast the canonical podcast i guess uh the next episode of the canon is going to be uh brave battle saga oh uh, what's oh yeah i bought that on wow. steam that's much better than cowardly battle saga Ah, uh, yes, I also bought this on Steam. I actually literally bought this on Steam. Like, it's actually, you can buy this game on Steam. It's available. And not, like, even in the Sega bundles. This is, like, a fa- it's just a Steam game. It's, like, five bucks. You can just drop down five bucks for this one. Which I did, in fact. Non-sarcastically. Oh, yeah, it's only five bucks. Although, whether or not I... It's actually, it's actually, like, I love this. It's, this is... Probably for that cast, but it's actually just got a it's got a version of Mednafen in it, and it's just got the complete version of Mednafen, complete with emulators for things that aren't the Genesis in there. <laughs> Amazing. And it's just got the ROM, and it took me a minute to find the ROM, and I had to rename it. It's it's if I wanted to mess around with it in like an emulator where I can actually save state and accelerate, because I want those things. I paid for it. I can legally do that with software I own. And yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's hilarious and delightful, and I'm looking forward to playing it. It's a it is a Taiwanese bootleg RPG that somehow is is a legit game now. Can't you can't say it's a bootleg if it's on Steam? It's real now. Well, not only that, at one yeah, point, they call I call them asset flips now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm really excited about this. I think it's really interesting. Like, bootleg is kind of a probably a bad term for this because it was like an original game that people put a lot of effort into, even if it might be legally a very legally distinct from Final Fantasy game. Let's say so much so that in Russia they called it Final Fantasy. <laughs> that rules. And uh, the the Taiwanese version had. Um, had Yoshitaka Amano art from the Final Fantasy games on the cover. But it no longer does. This game is going to be cool. So, on the next canonical episode after Brave Battle Saga, it is time, once more, to return to the well of the Mega Driver's Choice! Ba-ba-da-da. Hey, wait, everyone, da- everyone should be praying right now that I don't win. And it's actually Stavekov's game! Oh, hey What game? Uh, Alicia Dragoon. Oh, that game has cool music. I love dragoons in all in all their forms. 
love to play games with dragoons in it, which are somehow not dragons. And lots of art from uh, Gainax. Well, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, it's a weird, cool little game. We once again dodged... A Bob Bullet. See, you could say that, but she actually knows the game that I picked. She, she knows what's coming. I, I don't, but I believe it's going to be terrible. <laughs> I'm, yes, I'm... <sighs> There's so many fewer people on this cast than on, than on, on, than have been on Super Nintendo Exploration Squad, so it's basically only a matter of time. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. It's, it's, it's like pressure luck. I, I am cheering for the whammy. You're, you're gonna land on the whammy. You're gonna land. You're gonna land on the whammy, and I'm gonna play the noise. I'm gonna go away, and I'm gonna be like, "I stole all your fucking money. Have fun with this game." And then you're not even gonna be on the cast. <laughs> oh no, no, I will. I will make time to be on this cast because I, I will have. Because I will have. To, I will have to be the one who sits here and defends the game. Uh, anyway, so if you want to be found across this wide, wide internet via. Th- media that is social I'm doing and i don't know why i'm doing a medieval thing uh where <laughs> where can we find you i'm i'm daphne uh come to select button so i can ban you and uh find me on twitter on poop doggy balls i won't ban you i'm too new i'll say sorry i'm sorry never mind uh i'm shrug um uh, you can find me being uh insufferably focused on things that are mostly only interesting to me uh, is Shrug on the forums uh, at Shrugopolis on Twitter Tiny Tabletop Games three of them uh, Nub.Zone uh, I'm on the other podcast that's on this feed thus basically being uh, the same podcast I am on No Rangers Allowed uh, being a dwarf uh, there will probably be more episodes of that someday. We pray. Cuba, how dare you have a life and interests? How dare you do anything but toil for the rest of us? You don't want to fucking find me. I'm only pain and ruin follows me. You, you trust me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like you could just you could just fucking go on the select button forums and you can see me post twenty fucking things about how fucking broken River City Girls is. Have fun with that shit. Somebody has to. I wasn't even fucking trying. <laughs> Hi, it's me, Ramona. And when I'm not pumping iron, you know, more River City curls for the River City girls, uh, <sighs> you can find me. <laughs> yeah, I hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, you can That's find great. Me- on my website, lonelyfrontier.net, that will have all of my contact information, all of my social media profiles, my my Twitch, my Patreon, my Mastodon, my, God forbid, my Twitter. Uh, uh, I hope you all enjoy it. Have a nice day. Uh, I'm Kania. I run the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad podcast that you probably have already listened to. You can find information about that at snes.club because I lost snes.zone because I'm a cheapskate. Um, I'm on Twitter sometimes. I just tweeted for the first time that wasn't a retweet in like three months and it was a picture of a cup, a paper cup. Um, so if you want more paper cup content, it's it's Kania. It, I, it's Kania. That's it. C-A-N-I-A. 
Uh, I'm on select button forums as Vasilcania. That's it, I guess. I think that's all I do. Yeah. And then, of course, this podcast, which is also on this next feed. So just just go backwards in time one episode and listen to that. It's probably the podcast I run. Good night. And I am Automatic Tiger, and you can find me on Twitter as at Automatic Tiger. I also appear on, like, I think I've appeared on a number of the other. Yeah, I think I've appeared on it. On almost all of the other select button podcasts next, I'm coming for I'm coming for that Kingdom Hearts one, even though I've only played one Kingdom Hearts game. One day I'll do the the quadruple crown. And I don't know why I said that now. I get it. I'm getting tired. You can find me at Automatic Tiger on Twitter. You can find me at, as Automatic Tiger on the select button forums. I suppose we should actually remember <laughs> that this is a select button guide in podcast which is podcast said by the website select button which is an internet forum if you want cool video game discussions where a whole bunch of people also get angry about political things um that's that's the place to go i get angry when people put politics in my games (laughs) i just got angry that's just what happened to me I turned 30 and I was angry. There's the song Furry Lobster from Jonathan Colton, which is based on a... um, Fuck, what's his name book? A John Hodgman book. If you need to get 2008 and any more 2008 NPR. Oh, we should do that for the next episode of our show. Like, hello, we're here to talk about Alicia Dragoon. With us now is Automatic Tigers. Oh, yeah, uh, hello, this me, Tigers, we're going to talk about the video game. Wow, excellent choir. Yeah, Yeah, wasn't that excellent, Philip? Yes, very much so. I love it. Do you? Yes. <laughs>